Welcome back to The Pilgrim Soul, a podcast about the journey of faith in the world of today. I'm your host, Juliana. I'm Sophia. And I'm Adriana. And we are absolutely thrilled to be joining you again for season two. We're so happy to be back. You've been in our minds and on our hearts throughout the summer, but nothing like actually sharing this journey with you by releasing episodes and and hearing from you and your lives. So delighted to be back. Yes, we would love to hear from you more this season. In the summer break, we've been recording and also just talking so much about the podcast, and we are hopeful that any learning curves will be less of a curve now in this second season. Yeah. We've we've learned a couple things about audio editing and yeah, and how to make conversation over Zoom. So thank you for bearing with us as we've had this sort of uh learning humility and obedience, I guess, to this thing that we feel really called to, but really have had to learn from scratch exactly what we're doing. So um, yeah, with that in mind, season two back, hopefully better than ever. But yeah, what have you what have you two been up to? I mean, I know what you've been up to, but maybe it'd be good to share with our listeners a little bit of what's gone down over our summer break. Yeah, I can go first. This summer has been has not really felt like a break for me. It has been very full, both with good things and with various obligations that I had. So I took, after we recorded our last episode, I took my final exams and I graduated law school. Woo! And then Julie JG, <laughs> literally the next day I started studying for the bar exam, um, took that. And then three days later started my new job, which has been really wonderful. I absolutely love it. It's also been exhausting and very intense, but just a bit of a learning curve there too. Um, and we... The biggest news. Oh, oh my... Well, I, I forgot that... I We announced it on Instagram, so I just assumed I bet a that lot of our listeners knew. don't know. Yeah, you should tell them. You should tell them. Okay, wow. Okay. So I'm pregnant and my husband and I are expecting a little girl in just seven weeks and... We absolutely could not be happier or more excited about this. Are we going to get um, the name reveal on the podcast? <laughs> I she, wish. She doesn't even have a name yet. So. Nameless baby. <laughs> um. Yeah, sorry. I would have absolutely led with that if I had remembered I hadn't announced it on the podcast yet. <laughs> um, also contributing to my constant exhaustion these days, but that's why it's a happy tired. Amazing. And Sophia... If you can't tell, I'm actually sitting in the same room right now. <laughs> I have uh, moved to California for the semester, so that's what my summer entailed. I had my qualifying exams for my PhD and passed those, started my second my second project there, and uh, took it remote. So I'm living in San Francisco with Julie and Frank. They very kindly have uh, extended their guest bedroom to me and just really loving the routine and rhythm of family life, of being here together with them and eagerly anticipating the arrival of this baby who is already, oh my gosh, just occupies such a huge place in my heart. So yeah, so living the dream. But as Julie said, yeah, just there's been a lot going on and it really feels like the Lord is at work in a in a more publicly visible way, I guess I would say. Just my wonder at new life and um, in moving countries and things just it's been really helpful actually to have that sort of as a framework for for starting my days like okay lord clearly you've sent me to america for a semester for a reason like 
show me why that is today, you know, make me available to that today. So I am excited to be, yeah, starting my semester again soon and starting up the podcast and, and everything like that. So it's good to be back. What about you, Adriana? I'm sadly the only one not in the same room as you guys, yeah. <laughs> still in Idaho, living a much more constant life than Julie and Sophia have been living. Our daughter is six months old now. We have two children, Damien and Pia. Damien's two. And really, like, the great gift of the summer has been watching their developing bond every morning mm-hmm. when Damien wakes up. The first thing he asks is to go see Pia. Oh, my gosh. And he has no boundaries, but she's, like, very tolerant of his roughhousing. And we did a couple trips this summer. We went to Alaska to visit my parents, and that was awesome, amazing to be in nature. Also, a reality check on what it means to travel and change time zones with infants, but a real gift to be with family. And that's about all. I've been looking forward to the second season and also really just trying to embrace the simple life and embrace the constancy of my routines Mm. and really seeing how my children thrive in a daily routine. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's very monastic. Well, in true Pilgrim Soul fashion, we thought that we would launch this second season by just sharing with you a poem, um, a poem about sort of pilgrimage journey, but I think reflects some of the dynamics that we've been living and presumably all of you with, you know, the difficulties of the pandemic, but our, our hope in Christ and in our faith um, are things that you, you have been experiencing as well. So um, I can read that for us now if, if you'd like. Yes. All right. So it's, it's Uphill by Christina Rossetti. Does the road wind uphill all the way? Yes, to the very end. Will the day's journey take the whole long day, from morn to night, my friend? But is there for the night a resting place, a roof for when the slow dark hours begin? May not the darkness hide it from my face? You cannot miss that inn. Shall I meet other wayfarers at night, those who have gone before? Then must I knock? Or call when just in sight. They will not keep you standing at that door. Shall I find comfort, travel sore and weak? Of labor you shall find the sum. Will there be beds for me and all who seek? Yea, beds for all who come. Beautiful. Thank you, Sophia. Thanks for introducing me to this poem. I hadn't come across it previously. It's so immediately fitting for our podcast. For me, really, I hate to jump all the way to the last line, but the last line touches my heart. So uh, I love Beds for All Who Come, particularly because it expresses the reality that many or some choose not to come. And Mm. it's a journey that's an invitation, but not forced. And no one can force it, but there is the eternal promise. Yeah. Predicated on our freedom. We have an episode on freedom coming up in this second (laughs) season. So nice. (laughs) I really like just to kind of zoom out and look at the structure of the poem. There's this, I don't know if I managed to really convey it with my reading, but there's this dialogue, really, this discourse between two voices, one who's clearly about to embark on this journey or has been on this journey and is asking, 
is it going to continue to be so hard? You know, is there a place where I'm going to be able to get some rest and, and continue on to the journey? Am I alone in this? Is there ultimately a place that can alleviate the suffering that I'm experiencing and that corresponds to the needs of my heart, you know? And then this second voice that answers with certainty and I mean, almost there's there's kind of like a matter of factness about it. The the journey is uphill all the way and it'll take you all day, but you can't miss the place that you're looking for, the place where you can rest with others. And so for me, I mean, this is why I belong to CL and this is why I seek out your friendship and this is why I read scripture every day because I need this voice of hope in my life that's telling me like, your fatigue, your limitations, your sin is not the final word. The final word is is mercy, is an embrace that's waiting for you. And practically, not like just at the hour of your death that your soul is not subject to annihilation. But today, today there's a presence of mercy and a place where your weariness can find an answer. I really like just this attitude of this second voice. You know, I like to think that that's how God gazes upon us. His certainty in our destiny and his embrace goes together with his tenderness. You know, it's not dismissive of our fatigue and our doubt, um, but it's a, it's a tenderness that embraces all of that. Any thoughts, Julie? Yeah, well, it's interesting because when I first read this poem and when I was listening to you read it, I didn't interpret the resting place that is sought after as the final end of the journey. Mm. Even though now when I'm looking at the text, it's not clear whether mm-hmm. it's the end or it's a temporary resting place. But that reading of it was comforting to me and it resonated a lot with my daily experience now mm-hmm. and in so much of my life. Because I think when you're walking on the path towards holiness and you're walking on the path towards Christ, it is really easy to be discouraged because you recognize the the disparity between the ideal and all the desires of your heart and what you're made for and then your own weakness mm-hmm. and your own poverty and nothingness and your own failures. Or just, you know, you're faced with a particular cross, you're faced with a difficult day and you know you recognize the aches and pains Mm -hmm. of your feet from walking and your back from carrying things and maybe your loneliness from the journey and so um i really liked this idea of a place to rest and the idea that you take it you know one day at a time and try to make it to that day You just have to make it to the next resting place. And there, there will be a bed. And there, there will be other wayfarers and someone who welcomes you. And then after that, you can deal with the next leg of the journey. That's kind of been my refrain throughout these days. And I think it's I'm trying to live that more and more and keep my gaze fixed on Christ, but also, you know, more short term and just trying to do what I'm asked in the present moment and to love him in the present moment and to make it to that next resting place. So, yeah, I can see how this would be really poignant for you in your situation, Julie. I've seen like lots of memes that say the pregnancy is like nine months long, but the last month is 365 days. (laughs) 
And it does feel like that yeah. for all of our listeners who've ever carried a child. I, my second daughter was six days late. And those six days, they, they felt very, very long. Wow. And all you can do is just live. Yeah. It's an invitation to yeah. how you want to approach your whole life of just being really present to the moment. And there can be a little bit of suffering in that last month to be able to recognize, I want to offer up this very moment. And having the opportunity to be mm-hmm. able to do that mm-hmm. in a way that when you're not constantly aware of your own bodiliness in the same way when you're nine months pregnant, perhaps um, mm-hmm. we can more easily waste some of our days. Yeah, I really like what you are both saying. And honestly, Julie, like in these these days, I've really seen that in you, that the attitude you're talking about of taking it one day at a time, but also this turning to the resting place where there are other wayfarers waiting for you, whether that's the the saints, the intercession of the saints who have also been mothers and carried children and experienced the challenges that you're facing and are now interceding for you, friends with you, but also your relationship with your husband and with me and um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just, you know, allowing us to, I think of yesterday when you were at work <laughs> until nearly 10 p.m. and then had car trouble, you know, and so we drove down to San Francisco to get you and just your disposition of belonging to us. You were not there stranded alone, like in the darkness. You were in darkness, literal physical Mm -hmm. darkness, and you don't work in a good part of San Francisco. So, you know, (laughs) potentially danger too, right? But, But your belonging to us was the path forward for you. And for me, it's such a gift to I constantly am in that place as well of calling on the people that I belong to on earth and in heaven and saying like, you who have gone before me, you who I belong to, like, don't let me stand at this door when I'm here. Don't even let me knock. Like, I need you to come embrace me. Um, and it's so beautiful to have had that little moment yesterday of, of being one of those people at the door, you know, waiting for you, waiting for you to come home. Um, because I'm working from your house. And so literally, I wait for you to come home every day. Um, I mean, it's in my nightly examine, like that is one of the places I continue to come back to of where did I see God today? And it's in that. And it's enough. That's the thing. Like that is, that is the rest that we need, the rest that we long for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to point back to that stanza again for our listeners who don't have it right in front of them. The first voice who says, shall I meet other wayfarers at night? And the second voice answers those who have gone before. Then again, then must I knock or call when just in sight? And then voice answers again, they will not keep you standing at that door. Mm -hmm. And it particularly warmed my heart hearing it in reality of the story yesterday. That sounds horrible, (laughs) Julie. It was. (laughs) (laughs) But also made me think of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. I suppose I had haven't really considered like what life had the father lived that he knew to be waiting and looking far out on the road every day, and he meets his son like as his son is just journeying back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Of course, that story is a metaphor of us and God, but then also just a real father who mm-hmm. who's also lived a life and knows and has gone before perhaps and failed and is just filled with this tender heart of mercy for his son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and a reminder for definitely for me um, to not hold in my own mercy or I guess to not reserve my mercy for the sake of my own perception of justice or something or and to pray for that from others too. Yeah. And it makes me, you know, think mournfully of our culture right now, which can in popular culture persist in the cancel like culture where we don't we would keep someone standing at the door. We think there needs to be a public mm-hmm. and prominent walk of shame, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Even at the end of a journey that is winding uphill, you know, these the prodigal son to return home to his father, you know, needs conversion and work and um, and sacrifice and detachment and all these things. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that is definitely an invitation this poem is posing to me as well to be be perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect, which means to be merciful um, to ourselves as well when we fail. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think honestly, and we've touched on a lot of themes in our little conversation about this poem, which I would invite you all to to go read for yourselves and to think about. But we've touched on a lot of themes that actually we're excited to have episodes to share with you in season two. So we've managed to um, record a few. And if you hear things, you know, about uh, the summer or whatever, (laughs) we did record them in like June and things. So hopefully that's not too confusing. But Um, Yeah, these themes of mercy and freedom and growth in this childlike spirit of of hope, even when things are difficult, and turning to those places where we find rest and comfort um, in this journey, whether that's companionship and in work and in prayer. So more of the things that we talked about in season one. Yes, I'm so looking forward to the second season. And in addition to the themes you've also mentioned our emphasis, it seems, on healing and yeah, our conversations yeah. about our own yeah. woundedness and how that interacts with our freedom. And I think that all just comes out in each episode. And it was such a gift for me to hear both of your own experiences surrounding that, just to both give me strength and accompany me on my journey mm-hmm. and help me process myself, my own journey of healing, my own wounds, mm-hmm. and how God's calling me to integrate that in this life that he's given me. Amen. Amen. Yeah, your experiences and our conversations have been a real point of reference for me. So I'm really, really grateful. And yeah. I feel like I should say I'm not on as many episodes this season. <laughs> Um, Adrian and Sophia have really been carrying the team, so you'll hear from me a little bit, but not as much. You have been carrying a child. <laughs> a literal child. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, uh, but I will be, you hear my voice less, but I'm still walking with all of you on the journey mm-hmm. and in prayer. Um, and I ask that you please pray for me and we can pray for each other. And I'm very excited to be learning along with all of our listeners from the wisdom of my wonderful co-host. It's very kind of you to say. (laughs) Oh, I did want to mention, if anyone has any topic requests, get them in now because we're planning the end of our season now. So if there's anything particular you're like, you know what, I want to hear them talk about this. Please just let us know. Inspiration is always welcome. Yeah, and we love our messages too. So please reach out to us with any other ideas or comments you have. Amen. Well, we don't have a weekly challenge, but I thought it'd be fun. What is 
your favorite book that you've read over the summer, Sophia Julie? Oh, great question. Okay. My mind immediately goes to this book called Loris, and numerous listeners of this podcast will either have gotten it recommended by me or actually purchased by me. So <laughs> for some people, this will not be a surprise. I'm obsessed with this book. It's hard to describe, but just a contemporary Russian novel, but about a healer in the 15th century and his sort of journey of atonement for something that happened early in his life. But there's like some magical realism in it, incredible historical detail, and it's just beautifully spiritual, deeply complex and psychological. Yeah, and and just blew me away. So I would say Loris... Can't pronounce the author's name. Google it. It's amazing. What about you, Julie? Um, well, I read a super interesting book about the evolution of constitutional doctrine, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you guys about that because no one else cares. Um, I'm, I'm Right now I'm reading Read of God, and I had never read it before. It's so good, mm, you guys. Love it. It's a little spiritual classic. It's fairly short. It's accessible. There's just so much wisdom in it. It's primarily a reflection on Mary and how she was a read of God through which he came into the world Mm -hmm. and continues to work in all of our lives today. And one thing I'll say, I'm always struck whenever you read the saints from any age, any culture, any of the spiritual classics um, written in a different age, I'm always struck by the similarity and the truth um, about what it means to be human and what it means to pursue a relationship with Christ and mm-hmm. how these truths remain constant throughout history. And it's really, for me, a source of inspiration and uh, deeper reflection on my own humanity and my relationship with Christ. So highly recommend. Well said. That's that's Carol Houselander, for those who don't know it, but we'll put, as usual, uh, a description of all of these in the show notes. What about you, Adriana? Yeah, safe to say we're all Carol Houselander groupies. Obsessed. <laughs> She's amazing. Canonize her. I, uh, my husband's already made fun of me, but I'll admit it. It's my first time reading it. The Fellowship of the Ring. Nice. I started The Lord of the Rings. I support that. Yeah, he's not making fun of me for reading it. He's making fun of me that I haven't read it. I know, but it's better to, you know, just get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. 30 better than 32, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. It's so good. And I don't know why it's taken me so long because I actually was a huge fan of The Hobbit as a child. Oh, wow. I just never made it (laughs) to his next novels. Man, talk about a story of journey. That's that's incredible. Yes, it felt it feels very appropriate for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, our dad had oh, he listens to this podcast, but <laughs> he read us all those books when we were really little. It was like nighttime story would be Lord of the Rings, and it would take us like years to go through all the books. Yep. But he had all these voices, like for the trees and for the orcs, and like yep, such great memories. <laughs> oh, that's so. <laughs> so you're missing that experience, Adriana. <laughs> Brian wants to do that with our children as well. Yeah, amazing. You should. I can. The thing is now, though, like I can't read any excerpts of Tolkien without hearing Same. those voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Papa. Very grateful. Very grateful. <laughs> so sweet. It's also great for language development, I will tell you, as a neuroscientist. So <laughs> I digress. 
I think that's all we have for you today, but be sure to subscribe if you haven't subscribed so that when our first episode of season two drops next week, you will get it in your feed. We are praying for you and please pray for us, especially for Julie in these final weeks of her pregnancy. Amen. Thank you. Bye, everyone.